Welcome to Truths for Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall. Well, let's read uh, Revelation chapter 12 together. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1. Here's what John, who is the human author of the book of Revelation, here's what he wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. John said, Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness, where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. And war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon had spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman. And he went to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. In this chapter of the book of Revelation, we're, we're going to see how the picture of a woman, a child, and a dragon fit into the time of the tribulation. First of all, let's take a look at the woman. Again, Revelation 12, 1. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman 
clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. As you study the content of this chapter, it is clear that this woman that is pictured in apocalyptic language, in very symbolic language, that this woman is a symbol for the nation of Israel. Now, John records two things about this woman. He records that she is in pain and she is pregnant. Let's relate that to the nation of Israel. No nation in history has suffered more pain than the nation of Israel. From the very beginning of the Jewish nation, Satan has hated the chosen people of God. and He has tried to use those under his control, those forces under his control, those people under his control to destroy them. In ancient Egypt, Pharaoh tried to destroy the nation of Israel by ordering that all Jewish boy babies should be cast into the Nile so that they might die. In Babylon, during the time of Queen Esther, a plot was formed to murder all Jews and to seize their property. In the modern era, in the Holocaust of World War II, Six million Jews lost their lives to the Nazis in an attempt to stamp out the Jewish nation from the earth. In the Six-Day War of 1967, the armies of Egypt, Jordan, Syria, Lebanon, and Iraq attacked Israel. Their stated goal was to wipe the nation of Israel off the map. But against vastly superior numbers, the nation of Israel soundly defeated all of these forces arrayed against them. Even today, the nation of Israel is surrounded by multiple nations which are determined to wipe the nation of Israel from history. Why is this happening to the nation of Israel? The nation of Israel is God's chosen people. Israel right now may be on the shelf because of their unbelief of Christ. But one day the nation of Israel will be taken off the shelf of prophecy. And indeed they will fulfill the mission that God has called for the nation of Israel to be his witnessing nation to the world. Satan believes this. Satan believes that his only hope of defeating God is to completely destroy and annihilate the Jewish people and the nation of Israel. Doing so would make it impossible for God to fulfill his promises to the nation of Israel, promises which are just as much in effect today as the day when God established them. If there is no nation of Israel, if there are no Jews alive in the world, then God cannot keep his promises to that nation, which are, in many cases, eternal promises. And if there's ever one promise, even one promise, that God cannot keep, then all of his promises and all of his purposes will fall apart. Satan's attacks on the nation of Israel 
are escalating even to this day. And Satan's attacks on the nation of Israel will escalate to a murderous rage during the time of the tribulation, especially after the nation of Israel turns to Christ and receives Jesus as their Messiah, which will happen during the time of the tribulation. The attacks of Satan on the nation of Israel will culminate with a battle of Armageddon, which will be Satan's final attempt to destroy the nation of Israel and to defeat God. And so John pictures this, this picture of the nation of Israel as being in pain. He also pictures the nation of Israel as being pregnant, as about to give birth to a, chi a child. So the second thing noted about this woman that represents Israel is that she is pregnant and about to give birth to a child. Now we've looked at the woman pictured in this chapter. Now let's take a look at the child. Revelation 12, 5, she, that is the woman, bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. This passage pictures the nation of Israel giving birth to a male child who will be a ruler, a ruler of all the nations. From what is said about this child in these verses, this is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. The nation of Israel gave birth to the Lord Jesus in the, in the sense that Jesus came into the world as a Jew through the Jewish nation. So the nation of Israel gave birth, in a sense, to the Lord Jesus. Revelation 12, 5, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. This verse summarizes three events in the life of the Lord Jesus. First of all, it summarizes his incarnation and his birth. She, that is the nation of Israel, gave, she bore a male child. That's the incarnation. That's the birth of the Lord Jesus. And then also, this picture of this child that is found in, in this chapter gives us an a summary of his ascension. Her child was caught up, uh, the Lord's ascension. Her child was caught up to God and his throne. Thirdly, the third thing that this passage summarizes about Jesus is his second coming, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And so in Revelation chapter 12, John sees this woman who gives birth to a child. The woman is the nation of Israel. The child that the nation of Israel gives birth to is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But there's a third character in this chapter, Revelation chapter 12, and that is the dragon. This chapter reveals much about the nature and the character and the evil work of Satan. John said he saw a dragon. And he identifies that dragon as Satan, standing before the woman, ready to kill the child she is about to deliver as soon as that child is born. 
But Satan failed in his attempt to stop the birth of the child. Satan failed in his attempt to stop the birth of the Lord Jesus. Satan failed in all of his attempts to kill and defeat Christ while the Lord Jesus was in this world. Satan was unable to kill Jesus after he was born, though he tried through Herod the king. Thinking that the humanity of Jesus may have made him vulnerable to sin, Satan was unable to tempt Jesus into committing sin, which would have ruined the perfection of Jesus, which would have disqualified him as a sacrifice for the sin of all mankind. Satan then tried to motivate the people of Israel, his hometown, to kill Jesus by throwing him off a cliff. But that attempt failed. Satan thought that he had defeated Jesus when Jesus went to the cross, only to realize that he was the one who was defeated by the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Through the centuries, Satan has failed in his attempt to stop the advance of the gospel. He has failed in his attempts to destroy the true church. And he will be unable to stop the glorious return of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan will be unable to stop Jesus from coming again to complete his victory over Satan and sin and to set up his earthly and eternal kingdoms. As the return of Jesus draws nearer, Satan will become more vicious and determined in his attack against the church and against the nation of Israel. And during the last half of the tribulation, Satan will assault Israel like never before. Jeremiah calls that time the time of Jacob's trouble. Satan's fury against Israel will reach a fever pitch when almost all of Israel will finally receive Jesus as the Messiah and their Savior and the Lord. And Israel will boldly begin to witness to the world of the truth of Jesus and of the truth of the Antichrist. During the time of the tribulation through the Antichrist, Satan will assault Israel like never before, but he will fail to destroy the nation of Israel because of God's divine protection. In this chapter, Satan is given several names and titles. He is called the dragon, which speaks of his cruel and fierce nature. Satan, in this chapter, is called the serpent, which speaks of his cunning and his ability to deceive like a, like a snake. Satan lures people into his temptations and traps, and then he captures them in sin. In this chapter, Satan is called the devil or the slanderer. The devil slanders God. He slanders the work of God, the will of God, the wisdom of God, the word of God, and the people of God. And in this chapter, Satan is called Satan. The word means adversary, enemy. Satan is the adversary. He is the enemy of God. He is the adversary, and he is the enemy of all that has to do with God. He is the adversary and the enemy of all mankind. 
Satan is especially the adversary of God's people. The Apostle Paul says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle against spiritual powers. Satan is our enemy. He is our adversary, and he seeks to do the church great harm. Satan wants to see the people of God fail and fall. He wants to demean the people of God before the world, and he's doing that in these days. Satan wants to defeat God's people. He wants to divide the people of God. He wants to discourage the people of God. He wants to cause the people of God to doubt the word of God, the love of God, and the promises of God. And Satan wants to distract God's people from the work of God. Satan is our enemy. He tried to destroy Christ, and today he is trying to destroy the church, the people of God, and the nation of Israel. But listen and understand this. The only way that Satan can be successful in his work among the people of God is if we let him. The only way that Satan can do his ugly work and be successful among the people of God is if we leave the door open to him by our lack of love for one another, by our lack of prayer, our devotion, our commitment, our obedience, and our faithfulness to Christ. The only way that Satan can work in the life of the church is if we let him do it. And the only way that Satan can work in the lives of Christians is if we neglect our daily walk with the Lord, if we neglect prayer, if we neglect our commitment to Christ. Revelation 12, 11. And they overcame him. In other words, Satan was defeated by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. And so in this chapter, this unique and interesting chapter, you have a woman, you have a child, and you have a dragon. The woman is the nation of Israel. The child is Jesus who comes from the nation of Israel. The dragon is Satan who tries to defeat Christ. He is trying to defeat the true church. He wants to defeat the nation of Israel. And Satan knows that his time is near. And he is becoming more open and overt with his evil plans to do everything he can to defeat the people of God in this world and to defeat the purposes and the plans of God. My friend, let me tell you this. Satan is a loser. Yes, he's powerful. But greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. The only way Satan can do his evil work in your church is if your church lets him. The only way that Satan can do his evil work in your life as a Christian is if you let him. Satan is a defeated foe. God and Satan are not co-equals, one good, one bad. No, God 
is God. Satan is a created being, though supernatural and powerful as he is. But his defeat is, has been sealed. It is certain and it is sure. His defeat was made certain by the Lord Jesus Christ, by his perfect life, his sacrificial death, his glorious resurrection. And when Jesus comes again, Satan, his defeat, will be sealed and certain. Satan is a loser. Jesus once told a crowd of people that they were of their father, the devil. It insulted them. They felt insulted. They felt indignant. How dare you call Satan our father, they said. Well, Jesus was speaking of their spiritual father. In other words, if you live in rejection of Christ, if you continue to live in rebellion against God, then you are following your leader, the devil. He was the instigator of that. So all who live in rebellion and rejection of Jesus Christ are following their leader, Satan. But Satan is a loser. Revelation 20.10, the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Don't follow Satan. He's a loser. Follow Christ. I've read the end of the book. Jesus wins, and so do those who follow him. Thank you for joining us for our program today. Truth For Life with Pastor Teacher Chris Hall is a presentation of Hall Sports Communications. To contact us, you can send an email to chrishall71 at hotmail.com. That's chrishall71 at hotmail.com. Be sure to join us for our next program. Until then, stay safe and may God bless you.